So one of the most interesting and riveting realms for most people, because it involves a personal possibility, is the Peta realm. Mm. And uh, we could translate Peta possibly into ghost. Mm. And this is the nearest Western equivalent. It's a little more nuanced than that, but it's of great interest. And uh, I know in Asia, it's a particular preoccupation, concern with the, the realm of the departed, human departed. And so let's talk a little bit about this Peta realm. Okay, as you say, <clears throat> Peta is pretty close to the idea of ghost. Uh, it's classed as one of the realms of suffering. It's not as bad as being in hell, Naraya, but it's uh, um, a after death state. Mm -hmm. That I think one one way of thinking of it is it's kind of an aborted death. Huh. It's people who die <clears throat> with still a lot of attachment and they uh, they're no longer able to experience their full human corporeal existence, but they kind of hang around in a um, attenuated form. There's one story, for example, of about um, uh, a ghost who was in a uh, sugarcane field, mm -hmm. and he was unable to. He was starving. This is another. This is a general characteristic of Peta's that they're mm -hmm. always hungry. Uh -huh. and, uh, which is a generalized sense of unfulfilled desire, but yeah. it's something experienced as hunger and thirst. It was in a sugarcane field, but it, he could not take the sugarcane. Hmm. And um, there was a Arahant monk that he encountered who, um, uh, with his psychic power, he was able to uh, see what the problem was. And, and the, this Peta didn't realize that he was a Peta. Hmm. That he said, I feel like a, a cut, myself is cut. Mm -hmm. It's like a, um, attenuated or you know, mm -hmm. in, uh, partial or imperfect. Yeah. And he didn't know what was wrong with him. Incomplete. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Pali was literally translated as cut, mm -hmm. cut self. Yeah. And um, uh, the story was that when he was a, a human being, he was walking down uh, a road eating sugarcane, mm -hmm. and a, a beggar asked him for a piece, and he refused. And the beggar kept bothering him, so he he reached behind his back contemptuously with a piece of sugarcane to give to the beggar to mm -hmm. get rid of him. So now the the only way he could eat sugarcane now as a ghost was if he grabbed it from behind his back, mm -hmm. but he didn't know that until it was explained to him. Mm -hmm. So these are very connected to types of behavior that are less than noble. Yes. They, they don't seem to have to be extremely uh, unethical or, or harsh, but they are of a lesser quality. Mm -hmm. They're not fully human. Mm -hmm. You're not fully expressing your compassionate human mm -hmm. dimension. Mm -hmm. And so this comes back. Yeah, so the, 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 these realms are described. Uh, where do you come across descriptions of the 
beings in the Peta realm? The uh, the most extensive source is the Petoatu, mm-hmm. which is the Tales of the Departed. It's a uh, collection um, of verses dealing with um, the Peta beings <coughs> and the stories. The commentary expands the verses into stories, mm-hmm. so that um, uh, generally it's Mogalana or, uh, in a few cases, uh, uh, another monk who. Uh, encounters one of the petas mm-hmm. and um, then tells the story of you know why this particular being is uh, suffering in the particular way that that he or she is and it, uh, linking it to their karma that they made as a human. And so Mogalana is interviewing these um, beings. Yes, and they seem to be aware of the cause of their. Situation in, in some cases, yes. In in some cases, that as the sugarcane fellow, he was quite confused. Yeah. But in in some cases, they know exactly why they're experiencing what they experience. Yeah. So this is very pertinent to the consciousness of humans as well. Uh, so many humans feel unfulfilled, and I think it's uh, there was a recent book by Gabor Mate called "In the Realm of the Hungry Ghosts." Mm. And he works on the downtown east side with addicts. And he says that every single one of them just is feels absolutely incomplete. And the, mm. the drug taking is an attempt to relieve that feeling of incompletion because it's so, yeah. it's so, it is a form of hunger. Yes. Yeah. So the, some of the artwork around these hungry ghosts is, shows them as having a very thin neck. Yeah. And then a, a large belly. Yeah. Very distorted. It's, they're rather ugly uh, figures. They're not beautiful. And this very th- uh, thin neck doesn't allow any nutriment to go to fill yeah. that empty yeah. belly. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people will resonate with that image. They, they, no matter what they mm-hmm. do, what they, how they try to fulfill themselves, they still feel this emptiness. Now, in some cases, it's for example, they try to drink water and it turns into ash in their mouth. Mm. Yes, things like that. They're unable to fulfill their their desires. Right. Um, so, in the, are they all sort of ugly and twisted, or is there some that are uh, more calmly and? Yeah. Well, there is beautiful? there is something that. Um, we find in in the sources is that the categories of beings uh, are not as cut and dried when you get down to case details uh-huh. that there's an overlap between um, the lower classes of dewas and the mm-hmm. petas uh, there's one story where a single individual being is identified in the course of a story as a as a peta a dewa and a yaka in different mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. So these categories are not hard and fast. And some of the uh, petas are really indistinguishable from the lower echelons of earthly dewas. Mm -hmm. um, uh, They can live in in quite comfortable circumstances, you know, in mansions. They're still classed as petas because they have this um, incompletion. You know, they, they, uh, 
like in this particular story, the the in the the, the peta in in the story um, is living in comfortable circumstances because his his daughter made merit for him. Ah. Um, but he realizes when his time as a peta is his suffering is psychological because he knows when his time as a peta is finished, he's going he's going to go to hell. Ah, damn. <laughs> yeah, and and this is something else of, um, with the peta realm is that in many cases it's a transitional state. The being is either on his way to hell or coming up from hell. Yes. So they're they're kind of uh, work camps or uh, waiting camps or something like that. You've been mm-hmm. deported from your human life, and uh, you're just waiting for a new destination. You yeah. and, and this is I imagine the the nature of most human consciousness is that you're just not ready to suddenly lose your family and your house and all of that makes meaning in your life and be deported into this refugee camp. You're a refugee and you are not able to move on. Mm. Um, And I I guess it's, it's a matter of how long it takes for the person to adjust to a new uh, sense of identity and and take rebirth. Yeah. There's a common belief in, in, um, Buddhist countries in Asia that uh, almost everybody mm. spends at least a short time as a peta after death. Yeah. And the lifespan in the peta realm is not fixed. It might be very short. It might be many hundreds of years. As in the human realm, the, that's a uh, non-fixed. They, they have these realms, so the, the animal realm, the human realm, the peta realm are uh, not determined lifespans. Mm. In the heaven, it is because there is no illness or accidents, it's a kind of a determined lifespan. Yes. It's a very regular kind of situation. Yeah. So, yeah, one can move on from loss and a sense of incompletion. One comes out of the ghost realm and moves on. And sometimes, what is it, a few days? Sometimes it's unfathomably long. Yes experiences yes sometimes there's stories where they're in the ghost realm for uh, eons of time yes like in between Buddha periods you know in the in the West one of the types of ghosts that is repeat is called a repeating ghost and they they're found at the place of a murder or someplace like that and they they seem to be going through the trauma again and again they even see them over a period of centuries where a murder has taken place or a betrayal Mm. and they are playing it out again and again Mm. and this is similar to the the traumatized mind where the the shocking traumatic event is played out in repetition Mm. uh, what what we call in these days post-traumatic stress disorder where it's triggered so are they uh, any of the descriptions of kind of re- replaying and repeating a set of a fixed idea or a fixed uh, situation? Uh, sort of it, but it's more it, rather than a trauma. It's like some um, bad karma that they've made as a human mm-hmm. that they end up replaying over and over. 
uh, like a woman who had had who had committed an abortion mm-hmm. and is reborn as a ghost and every uh, night she gives birth and in the morning she is, feels compelled from hunger to eat her baby. <laughs> ghastly. <laughs> yeah. Ghastly. And she has Story. to go over this, over, you know, every day over uh, and over and over. Ah, well, there's a, re- yeah. a repetition structure. Yeah. Yes. Where the single theme <clears throat> is repeated again and again. Yes. It's, it's, in fact, it's just unresolved. And they won't leave that realm until resolution takes place. Yeah. But they can, de- when they do depart, is it, that's, they could go to other destinations. They could return They could as take human. a better rebirth, become or, human. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or lower, depending on what is yes. remaining in their storehouse yes. of merit. Yes. Now, is it the case that they're always in this sort of tormented condition, or, or are they sometimes... Uh, in a positive state. Yeah, well, there's a class of peta that's very interesting. It's called Wamana petas mm-hmm. that are like part-time petas. Mm. They'll spend some of their time enjoying dewa-like pleasures. Mm. Often it's um, like for the bright half of the moon. Uh-huh. They will enjoy dewa-like pre- pleasure, and then in the dark of the moon, they will suffer as a peta. Yeah. One of the stories regarding Wamana peta uh, and it's usually people who have made mixed karma, like they've done very good and very bad things. Mm-hmm. There's a woman who uh, she had, um, she was a member of a group of women who traveled around going from monastery to monastery making offerings. Mm-hmm. And um, on one of these trips, uh, she was seduced by some scoundrel in a, mm-hmm. in a, tavern where, or an inn where she was staying mm-hmm. and um, uh, she was married so that it was, this was an act of adultery mm-hmm. and uh, her husband later got wind of this and asked her about it and she, she lied and said if I have done such an uh, evil thing may I be torn apart by dogs mm-hmm. right? and all her friends backed her up and said no if, 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 um, if I'm lying May I be reborn as a slave? Mm. And so when she died, because of the merit she made in making offerings to monasteries, she was born in a heavenly palace mm-hmm. uh, on the earth, a Womana up in the, the Himava. Mm-hmm. But every and her friends all came back as her slave girl, slave girls, her waiting servants. <laughs> yeah. And every night she felt uh, she would enjoy pleasures and, and uh, comfort all day, but at night she felt compelled to go outside where she would be torn apart by a big black dog. Mm. And uh, her her bones would then reassemble themselves before mm. dawn and she'd go back into her palace. It's interesting that the the British have an expression for depression or a phrase what they use is the black dog. So Winston Churchill was mm. referred to his depression as that black dog. Ah. Yeah. And of course, we have also the word lunatic, and that is the ah. person's mind is affected by and the moon. moon. Yeah. The moon in Buddhism represents the mind, is the full moon is represents the mind free from defilements. Mm-hmm. And then the the eclipses and the and the dark the clouded moon is the defilements 
and uh, extreme fear and uh, uh, the, the defilements in, in full bloom. And this is a little bit, so we, we see a little bit of bipolar experience here in, in yeah. uh, consciousness that yes. it can swing back and forth. And this is because we do both good and evil and they don't seem to cancel each other out. They, yeah. The good has good results and the negative has negative results. And yeah. you see this in people's lives, in their internal emotional lives, and you see them in their, in the fortune and, and ill fortune mm. of people's lives. Uh, they they spend time in poverty and then suddenly they're wealthy. They win the lottery and then they blow it and they end up yeah. back in poverty and uh, yeah. or they have a, a good marriage for a while and then that something goes wrong and then they have a terrible marriage, terrible relationship. Yeah. Back and forth, extremes. Yes. They don't seem to, and this is the, the kind of the Buddhist idea is that these things aren't, they're black and white mm. and they don't become gray. We don't find the middle. This is really illustrated in a very strong way in this patron. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they get the direct results of their karma, good and bad. Mm -hmm. They don't, as you say, they don't cancel each other out. They right. get, they get, uh, they experience both. So one of the things that brings people to monasteries in uh, in Asia is the offering of food or other things to the monks, and the the transference what, the, what they call the transference of merit yes to the realm of the departed the pater realm yeah and the we the monks chant uh, and say that the uh, experience of generosity is so powerful like it overruns the bounds of this realm mm. even unto the realm of the departed yeah but quite often it's interpreted as that the uh, material food uh, goes to the to the realm of the departed. But so, are there some stories of um, of this relationship between the living who who care have care and concern and do do acts of mm. of charity on the behalf of the departed yes. and the salubrious experience yes. in the realm of the departed. Yes, there there are a few stories and there's a, a developed theory about how it works mm -hmm. because um, really you can't, uh, strictly speaking, you can't transfer merit. Mm -hmm. You make your own karma and yes. experience the results of karma. Right. Uh, but what happens is if you do a meritorious deed, an act of generosity, and um, wish that it, the benefit goes to your departed relatives, then if they're in the Peta realm, they uh, know about that, and mm -hmm. they rejoice in the good deed, and mm -hmm. rejoicing in, in the good is itself an act of good. Yeah, and it's experienced as a kind of a relief of the hunger. Yes, and yeah. there's a kind of a multiplier effect, and... Um, the uh, origin story of this whole whole field is the story of King Bimbisara mm -hmm. making making offerings. Yeah. That um, he invited the Buddha to and his monks to a, a meal and offered the meal. And then that following night, the whole palace was filled with groans and moans and you know horrible sounds. Mm -hmm. And he asked, and it kept it 
frightened everyone and their hair stood on end. And the next day he asked the Buddha about it and the Buddha said, that's because you have so many relatives and uh, from not only from this life, but from previous lives that are in the ghost realm that were hanging around knowing that you were making an offering to the Buddha and the Sangha and a very potent offering to the Buddha. So they were hoping that you were going to offer the merit to them and they could feel relief mm -hmm. and you didn't, you neglected to do that. Mm -hmm. So he made another, another uh, dana and invited the Buddha and the monks again. And this time he made the earnest resolution, may this benefit my departed relatives. Mm -hmm. And the Buddha used his psychic power to make the petas visible. And when uh, King Bimbisara poured water over the Buddha's hands to wash them, in the peta realm, this was experienced as fountains of water. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when he gave a morsel of food, this in the peta realm was experienced as uh, tables groaning laden with dainties and yes. you know, everything was like multiplied many times. Yeah. Right. And we, even to this day, we have this water pouring ceremony while we're chanting the distribution or transference of merit. Yes. The lay people are pouring this water, and which also refers to this as, as water overflows its banks and runs to the ocean. Mm. This generosity overflows the boundaries. It, it's, powerful enough it's like a radio signal that can reach another planet mm. it has enough power to reach into the ghost realm mm. now there's an interesting bit of business about can we send merit to who can we send merit to and the buddha is quite the the bimisara i guess asks him what if my relatives are not there mm. and the buddha says well you'll get the merit and what if they're in heaven well they can't receive it so we we the transfer you can't transfer the merit to heaven. He also said that in samsara, uh, being uh, without beginning, it's quite impossible that you don't have some relatives <laughs> in the ghost realm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this does it need to be relatives particularly or close friends or you know I think that uh, like it can be even a even a stranger, mm -hmm. and because the, there's stories about. Um, for example, there was there was a, 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 a one of the servants of King um, uh, King Pasanadi who mm -hmm. saw a ghost and felt uh, compassion for the ghost. Mm -hmm. So the next time he had his and he it was just somewhat you know just saw a random ghost and um, next time he had his uh, beard shaved he. Um, and, and he tipped the barber. Mm -hmm. He made the wish, you know, this made this act of generosity benefit that ghost. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a, a case where I think it's Sariputta uh, decides that he would like to transfer merit to the departed relatives. But of course, as a monk, you can't, you don't have food, you don't have mm -hmm. these things. Uh, but somebody does it on behalf of Sariputta. Yeah. And so that even the monks are uh, not afraid to concern themselves with merit. Yeah. And the Buddha does say, monks do not be afraid of merit, or merit is another word for happiness. Mm. Yes. So in the conventional level, we're not always just focused on nirvana without any mm. any concern for the function of karma, the Buddha is still encouraging us to do 
acts of, of generosity and the repercussions of those. Also, when you transfer merit in that way, you don't, it's not like you lose the merit yourself. Right. You know, you just, it's an extra. Yeah. Uh, you're still making, if you do a good deed, you still make good karma, but you, you also can have the extra benefit of helping beings in the ghost realm. Right, it's a little bit like sending a care package off to a refugee camp. If your relatives are there, mm. um, it's wonderful. Maybe it'll get there, but if not, whoever gets yes. it, at least we gave it a shot. So yeah, uh, it's a and I think it's also a beautiful way to stay in touch with your departed relatives. In in, in the in the West, with the collapse of metaphysical ideas and religion, and we 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 have a very we don't know what to do when somebody vanishes forever mm. and we don't know how to treat it. And our the psychological experience is very unsatisfactory. Mm. The Buddhist idea is that just stay in touch and send us, send the care packages. Yeah. It's like your kid has gone off to college and you're yeah. sending the cookies, you know, yeah. it's, it's a great little connection yeah. there, you know, it's a beautiful little connection. Yeah. Uh, if we, if we abruptly stop anything, it's, it's incredibly unresolved for the psyche. Yeah, and so this is a very nice thing. And some of the Westerners, at first, they come to just meditate, mm. but after a while, they they see the Asians coming for these other things, and they start to think, "Can I transfer her? I'd mm -hmm. like to give it a shot." They may not mm -hmm. even be, they may be skeptical of the whole thing, but there is a gratification, a mm -hmm. it is emotionally skillful mm -hmm. in the end. Mm -hmm. This ability to uh, manifest generosity for mm -hmm. people who you've had a long relationship with. Yeah. So it's very important. The other thing is that, of course, in what you find in our culture is endless uh, charities and buildings dedicated in the name of departed relatives. Yes, you know, the yes. Such and such building. Yeah. And so yeah. a large scholarship. Stanford yeah. University was for a, the son of the Stanfords who had gone to Harvard mm. and he died there. And they were very upset. They went to visit the, the dean at Harvard and asked if they could donate uh, something. And he, he said, well, we have enough statues and so forth. And he said, well, how about a building? He said, oh, do you know how much a building cost? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, how much? And he said, you know, something in those days, something like $50,000, which was a lot of money. Yeah. And, and they were multi, multi millionaires. Yeah. And they said, if it's only $50,000, we, we could build a whole university. So they built Stanford University, which is... Huh. Leland Standard, Stanford yeah. was their son. Yeah. So that whole university is in the name of their son. Mm. You know, a very moving, yeah. Um, yeah. beautiful thing. And of course, all over the world, whether they have this idea or not, they there's an intuition about yeah. this generosity connection to the departed that you can mm. do things in their name. Mm. Yeah. So any other uh, tidbits of information about the uh, the realm of the departed um, there is a, uh, a series of short suttas in uh, the Samyutta of um, Mogolana seeing various kinds of petas yes and the, the this they follow a kind of formula he sees uh, a skeleton flying through the air pursued by birds yes and then uh, uh, he mentions this to the uh, to the Buddha, and the Buddha says, "I too saw this." And um, then tells the, the 
story about what um, uh, what what karma that being made to become mm-hmm. become in that state. And one of the uh, curiosities of that series of suttas is every time Moggallana sees this, and he has a companion, he's walking there with a junior monk, and, mm-hmm. and Moggallana sees this uh, peta spirit, and he smiles. Mm-hmm. And the other monk says, what are you smiling about? And then he says, I see this skeleton mm-hmm. flying through the air. Yes. <clears throat> and this... this uh, idea of him smiling becomes a, it, it's a curiosity it's not explained in the sutta mm-hmm. and uh, the commentarial explanation it's not I think to most to the modern mind it's not very satisfying it's uh, like it says that um, he smiles because he realizes he's beyond such miserable states <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, this becomes in, then in the Abhidhamma mm-hmm. When they classified the different kinds of consciousness, this doesn't fit into any of the other the, the consciousness of the arahant who smiles at seeing something unlovely. Yeah. So they it's added in as like an extra special, unique, unique, so unique generous smiling kind of, consciousness yeah. of the arahant. Yes, yeah. where they classify yeah. all the possibility of consciousness. Yeah. Yes. So that's a fantastic realm, and it is pertinent and as cl- as close as we can get to the to the regular human experience. Mm. And it's also highly motivating, is that as we see this deprivation that many many, I think especially in modern society where there's just a lack, this fundamental lack. Mm. And one of the ways, and you notice this is a connection. I think other religions teach it as well, is that one of the ways out of lack is charity yes is to go out yeah. and Generosity. give something to others get out of your diminished and very reduced condition and expand your mind and you will feel that you that you your the throat expands and the belly shrinks mm. and you start to feel nourished and mm. complete mm. so there's so many uh, lessons and psychological uh skills that mm. the understanding the Peter realm uh, helps with. And of course, these kind of talks that we're having uh, about the Peter realm and the other realms is uh, quite often absent from Western ideas of Buddhism. It's often it's a secular experience. It's a psychological, it's an attempt to ther- for therapy and a definite uh, taboo to talk about these other dimensions but they really are very therapeutic as well mm-hmm. and it opens it up and I from because we're in a monastery uh, and Westerners and Asians come here and they see this the function of a monastery uh, to a an Asian family is something broader than than meditation and so the Westerners who are meditators they quite often will pick up some of these things and they find it enriching mm-hmm. yeah. and helpful in, in, in a very curious way without having to defend this with with a scientific explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another thing about the, the ghost realm, I think, is of, of all of the various other realms, it's mm-hmm. it's somewhat close to the human realm. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think universally in, in all cultures, there's um, 
many people who have seen ghosts or experienced ghosts, yes. whereas there's very few have seen or experienced daywas. They're more difficult to perceive. Yeah. You know, uh, especially the idea of the the ghost coming in your dreams. Yes. And that would often be a departed relative. And mm -hmm. I've given this advice to people before. They, they have dreams of their mother or their brother who committed suicide or something like this, you know, mm -hmm. appearing in their dreams, standing at the end of their bed, in the room with them. And they, they, they ask me about this. Of course, they're hesitant, you know, but they say, you come to the right place. This is common knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to do? You're going to, they're, they're asking for merit they're asking mm -hmm. for you to do something generous for them yes. and when people do this then those dreams cease yeah that's that's a very great insight which mm. i don't know modern psychology really how they can't offer that yeah they don't they can't deal with that realm yeah so yeah it's a it's a wonderful a rich and a very practical knowledge uh, people think it's a bygone era it's a different way of thinking but actually it's it's with us now